What if the bonus just is me scatting for like 20 minutes? <laughs> no, that's just that's just bad mouth sounds. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey guys, check out my beatboxing. <laughs> no, scatting's probably more like I'm the scat man. <laughs> Crazy Frog Tribute episode when? Oh, jeez. Were you aware that, that that Crazy Frog's Axel F was a pivotal part in uh, merchandising for the Six Flags theme parks at a certain point in time? I did not, because the only Six Flags advertising I know of is the the old man who does Vangabus. See, I th- I think, um, I I think it's actually the same. Is Axel F the same thing as we like to party? No, it's it's different. Because Axel F is do 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 And then Exactly. And then Vangabus is do 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 Oh my god. The Vangabus is coming and everyone is jumping. New York to San Francisco and inner city disco. Okay. I think the song that I had thought was the Using the Six Flags song. I thought it was just, I thought it was just Axel F. But it might be... It was We Like to Party. It was the Vangabus song. The song was revived in 2004 as the main theme for Six Flags' Mr. Six advertising campaign. Yeah, yeah. That was the, uh, We Like to Party then was the song and not Axel F. I've had my entire world shaken today. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of the Vanga Boys, and I think they're all JoJo characters. I have to corroborate this statement. <laughs> uh, yep, that's a JoJo. That's literally like a JoJo character right now. Yep. Anyways, boom, 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 boom. Let's sync up this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? I think I started. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> I saw, I saw you reeling back. We're we're unchained. We're uncoupled from the chronology of seasons and episodes currently, as we drift between dimensions. So who even knows who starts this episode of Loser Like Me, a Glee recap and review podcast? You started the last one because it was an even, and there's an e in theater. But this episode is neither even nor odd. Do you want to go for it, then? (laughs) (laughs) I think I just did. I think you just did.
<laughs> Hi, I'm Tanner. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm a Venga them. <laughs> and I'm just a younger version of the six of Mr. Six, the Six Flags mascot. <laughs> oh god, I could dress as Mr. Six for Halloween, I bet. That would be fun. That would be like legitimately fun. Just like rig up like a Bluetooth speaker and just like strap it at the back of your belt to just be playing the theme song everywhere you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, how do we start this episode? <laughs> so, uh basically <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing here today. We have finished season one. Season one in the books. Yes. So we're going to do a brief recap of what happened in season one. Yes. Um, then we're going to talk about, like, you know, how it made us feel in our hearts and our minds. Then I think we're going to do some superlatives. Mm-hmm. And then was this the episode where we're going to talk about Power Rangers? I think that was going to be the next episode, but we were going to record it also today. Right. And that might even be part of this episode released a week later. Who knows? We're going to figure it out. <laughs> I, would, I would like to propose a something to keep us on track, Tanner. Okay. As we do the recap, I think we should take a leaf from Kingdom Smarts and set ourselves a time limit to recap each episode. Because otherwise, I know, I, I know myself, and, and I know you pretty well, and we will just talk about it for... Almost the length of a full episode. <laughs> okay. Do you want to say 30 seconds an episode? I, I wasn't going to say 30 seconds. I was going to say maybe two or three minutes per episode. That's still... <laughs> that is almost an hour of podcast. Okay. I, I, do gen I genuinely think we can do 30 seconds per episode recap. Probably okay. shorter. We just have to give Cliff's notes. <laughs> okay. We don't so... have to go into the nuance. So we don't have to list all of World's Crimes. Of which there are many. Yes. Which I also, I think I said near the beginning of our podcast that I was going to make a list of Will's crimes that I, I lost track of that quite quickly. Oh, same. I was like, oh, I'm going to keep track of how Will was doing. Pretty good, it doesn't seem. Yeah. <laughs> just, just general. Will Schuster? Not great. Yeah. Let's get the show on the road. Let's do this dang thing. Do you have a timer up? I can if you want me to. Yeah, let's keep me honest. Oh, hey, what if what if I do a stopwatch instead and time how long it takes for us to summarize each episode? That works. Real um, time. Do you want me to take point on summarizing or do you want us to like alternate or what's happening? I like I like tag teaming. We could do okay. we, we could do every other episode. We didn't plan this out before we started recording. <laughs> Absolutely not. Do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, starting, where's the, I was like, oh, I'll show Tanner on my phone. But then I was like, <laughs> I can't hold it up to the screen so that they can see it and so that I can see it. <laughs> okay, so starting now. In the pilot episode of Glee, we get to meet the original six Glee cast members. Rachel, the star, also a diva. Mercedes, supreme vocalist. Uh, Chris, not Chris Colfer, Kurt Hummel. Kurt is gay. Um, Tina Cohen Chang, she has a stutter. Artie, he is in a wheelchair. And uh, then we also get to meet Finn, who is the quarterback, and he got press ganged into Glee because Will planted weed in his locker. Will is their teacher. He also used to go to this high school, and he's trying to reclaim his high school glory. Um, also in this episode is uh, Sue Sylvester, the cheerleading coach who hates Glee. 
And also, Terry thinks she's pregnant, but she's not. Well, that happens in a later episode, but yeah, that's basically what will be happening. Yes. Okay. Uh, the second episode, the showmance, where the Glee Club has to perform in the school for the first time ever, and so in order to try and uh, lure people in, they perform push-up by salt and pepper, but that just starts a sex riot. However, Quinn realizes that Finn <laughs> is starting to be seduced by Rachel, and this is kind of hammered home when Finn and Rachel kiss during an attempt at Rachel trying to teach him how to sing better. And mm-hmm. so then Quinn joins the Glee Club with her lackeys, Santana and Brittany, who are both from the Cheerios, or all three of them are from the Cheerios, and they join so that Finn will stay with Quinn, and then Rachel sings angstily about it. Also, Will is trying to seduce Emma, but then he decides he shouldn't because, hey, he's married and has a baby, remember? Mm-hmm. Or at least he thinks he's gonna have a baby. Yeah. In season three, Acafella... Not season three, episode three. <laughs> In episode three, Acafellas, um, Will is experiencing lack of confidence, and so in order to regain his confidence, he forms an acapella group with a couple other faculty members of the high school, um, and then eventually they end up recruiting Puck and Finn as well. Um, it just kind of is this thing they do for a couple of weeks in universe, and then it doesn't go anywhere else. Um, in the meantime, the Glee kids are trying to get their groove going in the first place. And so they hire a choreographer who just yells at them until they yell at him back and they make him leave. And also, Kurt- Mercedes had a crush on Kurt for one episode. It's fine. Episode four is Pragers. Kurt joins the football team uh, because he wants to appear manly because his dad caught him dancing to single ladies. But then eventually he decides that he has to be open with his dad and his dad is Bert and Bert is the best dad ever. And mm-hmm. so now Kurt is uh, out as gay to his dad. That's great. Uh, yes. Also, Quinn finds out she's pregnant because the episode is called Pragers. And, you know, it's uh, pretty distressing for her naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, really that's, oh, Finn, Finn has to stick with her because... If the football team wins, then mm-hmm. Finn can get a scholarship when he graduates in two years, then he can support the baby. Um, and also Puck and Mike and Matt, all from the football team, do end up joining the Glee Club because of the mm-hmm. single lady situation, because the whole football team nests the single ladies in order to distract the opponents. Next. Yes. Uh, in episode five, Root's Not Taken, Sandy Ryerson, the teacher who was fired from William McKinley High School for... Uh, for probably sexually assaulting a student at least one anyway um he has started the musical cabaret uh to try and recruit rachel away which he does and in her place will brings back uh april Rhodes, aka kristen shenoweth um to fill rachel's place even though kristen shenoweth is somewhere in her 50s it's fine um they everyone else finds out that uh quinn is pregnant and everyone decides to uh, band together, and they do a really good performance of uh, Queen. And I think that's it. Uh, episode six is Vitamin D. Terry has joined the school as the school nurse because she has a degree that fell off the back of a truck or something. But mainly it's so that she can stay close to Quinn because <laughs> at some point in like the past two episodes, she hatched a scheme where she's going to take Quinn's baby and passes off as her own so that she her hysterical pregnancy doesn't get found out by Will. And Will mm-hmm. obviously has no idea this is going on. But anyways, Terry drugs all the students so that they're like super high and talking about as fast as I am right now. And they sing some <laughs> very high musical numbers because it's a boys versus girls mashup competition that will happen in every episode of six of every season for the first three seasons um and uh anything else important happen rachel and finn phil get and confess and terry gets fired and sue's appointed co-director of the glee club see i'm just kind of reading off wikipedia i also have the wikipedia page pulled up (laughs) (laughs) anyways now sue is co-director of the glee club but that's really where the episode ends next okay episode seven throwdown 
Uh, Sue and Will are conflicting over who has authority in the Glee Club. Um, it's kind of set up like the warring parents dynamic. Um, Sue decides to claim all of the minority students and and bands them together by telling them, look, you all can have the spotlight and it's not going to be a white person anymore. Yay! Um, also, Jacob and Israel's here. He's a menace and he's interested in Rachel. Um, everyone tries to protect uh, Will. Not Everyone tries to protect Will. No one protects Will. Everyone tries to protect Quinn and Finn um, from the pregnancy news. Uh, and... Basically, the the Glee kids end up forcing Sue out of the Glee Club, and uh, Terry uh, <laughs> Terry uh, begins the fake baby plot uh, after finding out that she was having a hysterical pregnancy. It's fine. I mean, the fake baby plot has, I think, been going since about episode five or six. Yeah, I, I just had to reiterate it. <laughs> Remember, fake babies. Yes, fake babies. And Quinn's been dancing along with the baby this whole time, so now it's gonna. Uh, you're gonna open it. It's gonna be a flat baby. Yep. Uh, episode 8 mashup has no mashups in it um, because Ken and no. Emma, at some point they got engaged because Ken has a crush on Emma too and he uh, Emma knows she can't get with Will because Will's married and I'm sure nothing is going to change in that situation. And so nope. Ken and Emma want Will to mash together the thong song and I could have danced all night for their first wedding dance and Will can't do it because the songs don't mash well together and it's a metaphor for how Ken and Emma don't mash well together but uh, Will and Emma can mash all they want, I'm sure. Um, and meanwhile the, uh, Rachel and Puck are dating briefly because Rachel wants to be popular but then Puck finds out she's just doing that to make Finn jealous but Finn was also kind of crushing on Rachel just to make uh, Quinn jealous and Puck has a thing for Quinn anyways because Puck is the real father of Quinn's baby who even though Quinn told Finn that he was the father because she told him that he uh, came in a hot tub and it just swam all the way in there we forgot to mention that but it's very important uh, Sue has a brief <laughs> romance with a local news anchor Rod Reddington and I, I don't I don't I don't I, anyways next episode uh, episode 9 wheels um, in this episode the entire plot is the A plot is we need to raise money so that we can get a wheelchair accessible bus to take uh, to regional so that all of us, including Ari, can ride together. Um, this plot is resolved by Puck making uh, cupcakes that have uh, weed in them. Um, also in this episode, uh, Quinn is pressuring Puck to help pay her medical bills. Uh Sue recruits um, everyone's favorite cheerleader, Becky Jackson, onto the uh, onto the Cheerios. Um, she is notable for, uh, among other things, having Down syndrome. This is not her. Uh, this is not her entire character, thankfully. Um, but she's super cool. Uh, also, in this episode, uh, Bert Hummel's back because Kurt and Rachel were competing for who got to sing "Defying Gravity" in a performance, and uh, Kurt. Uh, Kurt sabotages himself because he doesn't want his dad to uh, get into a fist fight on his behalf. Also, oh, also, Tina, Tina. Tina was faking. Tina was faking her stutter. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Also, that's the also the episode where we find out that Sue's older sister has Down syndrome as well, and she's in an assisted living facility. Yes, this is Anyways, Sue's episode. Hum- it's Sue's humanity plot. <laughs> yes, her her one humanity plot per season. Uh, episode ten is ballad. And it's, uh, Will has all the kids sing ballads to each other because feelings. And so, uh, Finn sings a ballad to a sonogram of his fake unborn daughter and his mom finds out and Carol's like, Finn is Quinn pregnant? And Finn's like, oh no, mommy, I've messed up. And it's very sad and very good. Um, Carol's and then, and, and then Rachel is paired with Will and she decides I can't not fuck him. And then Will says, maybe you shouldn't be crushing on me. I'm <sighs> in universe twice your age, out of universe, uh, we already dated. Yep. 
Um, that's, uh, that's, oh, and Puck reveals to Mercedes that he is the father of Quinn's baby, and Mercedes says, okay, we'll stop that right now, because Quinn already decided that she, Quinn's gonna be the real daddy, so you don't get to have an opinion. Just shut up. Go away. Leave. Yes. Also, get out they pa- right now. They, they pass up the opportunity for Susie Pepper to be a Power Rangers villain. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode 11, Hierography. Uh, it's time for them to start actually thinking about the competition they're going to be having in two episodes. So they have a scrimmage against two other choirs. The Jane Addams Girls Choir um, for a school that is uh, a juvenile detention center. And the Haverbrook Deaf Choir. Yes, they're deaf. Um, Sue leaks their set lists to the other choirs. And so they have kind of a scrimmage where the <laughs> the Glee kids are shook by the Jane Addams uh, girls for their dance skills. And so they had, they decided to compensate by doing hierography, uh, which is under <coughs> which is underwhelming at most. Uh, P- Quinn decides to test out maybe not uh, adopting out Flat Baby, and they babysit. But then Quinn's like, actually, no, you're just sexy. All you're <laughs> you are into sex all the time, Puck. You can't commit to this. It's fine. And also, Kurt's in love with Finn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next episode is Mattress, and uh, the Glee Club doesn't get to go into the yearbook, and so Rachel's like, I'm going to have us hired by a local mattress shop to be in their mattress commercial. And so they mm-hmm. do that, and th- and they're paid in mattresses. And then if they were paid at all, and people found out, then it would violate their amateur status. But uh-oh, Will found out that Terry's faking her pregnancy, and so after some uh, concerning staging of that confrontation, he kicks himself out of his own house, and he goes and he sleeps at the school on one of the mattresses that are paid for. But because he slept on the mattress, it's been violated and they cannot return the mattresses <laughs> and so Glee is going to be suspended and then they decide okay well how about we just suspend Will instead so Will can't go to the the, the, the competition but the kids can mm-hmm. and also Ken and Emma are getting married the same day the same exact time as the sectionals because Ken fucking hates Will and at this point who doesn't next Next, sectionals, episode 13. This is the last one they thought they were going to get when they started writing. Um, In this episode, they go to the sectionals competition. Um, Among other things, uh, everyone finds out that Puck is actually the biological father of Flat Baby. Um, Finn gets very upset and punches Puck in the face and quits. Um, To compensate, they replace him with Jacob and Israel for some reason. Um... They end up going to the sectionals uh, and find out that their set list got stolen. It's fine. Then they come up with new music uh, because Finn came back and they just kind of shove Jacob and Israel out the door. It's fine. Um, when they get back, they get they find out and show Will like, yeah, we won. We won on our own merits. Yay. And uh, Ken breaks up with Emma and Will leaves Terry and Emma and Will have a kiss at the end, which is mostly consensual. <laughs> I think. We hope. We hope. Episode 14 is Hell-O. Uh, Sue is able to return because she she was kicked out of the school because she clearly leaked the set list, but then she blackmailed Figgins, so now she's back and she's going to make things a mess for Will. And so Will has the kids sing songs that have the word hello in them, except some of them just sing the songs that have the word hell in them because of the syllables. Uh, Rachel finds a new boyfriend because Finn isn't willing to commit to her yet, and so she starts dating the bad boy of show choir, Jesse St. James, for Vocal Adrenaline, who are the bad show choir that we met in the first episode, and their coach is Shelby Corcoran, who's definitely not Rachel's mom, and she makes out with Will because Will can't make out with Emma because Emma still has germophobia and Will is a uh, player. <laughs> Honestly, that's it. Next. Yep. Next episode, uh, episode 15, The Power of Madonna. Uh, Sue is obsessed with Madonna in this episode and so all they do is Madonna uh, is 
Madonna numbers, and they try to learn from Madonna in her in her increased femininity, and the boys are uncomfortable with it because it's not masculine. Um, Jesse St. James joins New Directions so that he can be with Rachel, and not at all because of a honey plot. It's fine. Um, Kurt and Mercedes temporarily join the Cheerios, and they do a really good number, and they actually get to have solos, so good for them. Uh, the next episode is episode 16, Home. Uh, Kurt decides to, in order to seduce Finn, they're going to become stepbrothers. And so he sets up Finn's single mom, Carol, with his own single dad, Bert, and they start dating and it's good. And Finn feels really mm-hmm. weird about the situation. Also, April Rolls is back and she's bought slash, yeah, she bought a roller ring. She inherited a roller ring from like her, her sugar daddy or something yes. like that. And Will is like, should I date Ra- April as well? Because I'm terrible. And April's like, honey, no. And so they, they don't. Um, uh, and Mercedes, uh, has an eating disorder briefly, but she's able to come back from it and she sings a song that inspires the student body to accept their body issues. And then Sue gets all the credit for it because fuck next. And, and also she and Quinn are friends. Mercedes and Quinn are friends. Mercedes and Quinn are friends now because Quinn is like, I was kicked off the Cheerios because, and I'm glad I was because Sue's terrible. And Mercedes is like, yes, she is. And so now let's both uh, be friends over the fact that Sue's terrible. Yes. Uh, next episode is 17, Bad Reputation. In this episode, they decide to try and become more popular by doing bad things. One Glee member, Quinn, posts a list, like a ranking list of the sexual exploits of the Glee Club members. Uh, and they try, Will spends the entire episode trying to figure out who done it. Um, t- the Kurt, Mercedes, Artie, Tina, and Brittany, uh, decide to do they decide to do spontaneous musical numbers to try and be bad. And also Olivia Newton-John is here for physical, which sucked. It's fine. <laughs> uh, the next episode is episode 19, Dream On. Uh, Will's high school nemesis Brian Ryan is back and he's played by Neil Patrick Harris. And he's like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to destroy the Glee Club. And then Will's like, but what Wait, if Glee we, was good? We skipped laryngitis. Well, how, how did I? Oh, I did. Okay, never mind. Episode 18 is laryngitis. So Rachel has a sore throat, and so she thinks that she's gonna, just going to fucking die. And then Finn is like, but what about my friend who has a, a quadriplegic? And But he can sing, and he is good at math. And Rachel's like, damn, I guess there is life after a brief illness. Um, and also, Puck got his mohawk shaved off, and so he dated Mercedes to become popular, because Mercedes was popular now because she was on the Cheerios. But Mercedes was tired of Puck using her, even though she knew that Puck was going to use her, and also she got into a fight with Santana, because Santana has definitely had sexual feelings about Puck. Um, and so then Mercedes quits the Cheerios and Puck's like, oh, but now you're not popular, which means I will be popular. And Mercedes is like, yeah, that's the point. Peace. Yes. Uh, in episode 19, Dream On, uh, Will's high school nemesis is here. His name is Brian Ryan for some reason, and he's played by Neil Patrick Harris, which is good. Um, Brian Ryan basically just takes out his uh, unresolved feelings of vengeance upon the Glee Club because he misses show choir too. And he and Will fight it out until uh, they audition for Les Mis and Will gives Brian the lead role as Jean Valjean. Um, it's fine. Also in this episode, we found out that surprise, guess what? Shelby Corcoran is in fact Rachel's bio mom. They have, they have a weird psychic a dream-spaced musical duet and also Artie's like well what if I actually could walk and it's like no you're probably not gonna happen Artie sorry bud The next episode is Theatricality, which is a tribute to Lady Gaga, but only for the girls in Kurt, because the other guys are heterosexual, and so they do a tribute to Kiss instead, a highly heterosexual band. Uh, and then, 
<laughs> Tina's having identity crisis because Figgins said that she couldn't dress like a goth, and then she tricked him into thinking that she was a vampire, so now she can be a goth again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kurt got bullied, and Finn got bullied, and then Finn stood up for Kurt uh, while wearing a shower curtain dress. And Rachel found out that Shelby was her biological mom because Shelby sang a song from Funny Girl, and then Shelby made Rachel a dress, but then Shelby's like, I want a baby, not a teenager, so goodbye. And then they sang Poker Face at each other. For some reason. Uh, in, ep- in episode 21, Funk, uh, Will decides for one last time to try and get actual revenge against Sue because she's just being really neggy in this episode. And he's like, but what if I seduce you? And then she's like, I'm going to have emotions about this. I didn't know I could have those anymore. And he says, oh no, I'm sorry. And she's like, it's fine. And... In this episode, also, uh, Mercedes and Quinn cement their friendship by uh, offering to let Quinn uh, move in with the Joneses, because an actual stable family unit? What's that on Glee? Um, also, in this episode, they learn that Jesse uh, left back to go to Vocal Adrenaline. Um, they all get sad because Vocal Adrenaline like spooked them by doing a musical number, so they spook them back by doing a funk dance number, which is actually pretty good. In episode 22, the Glee Club thinks that they're going to lose regionals because Sue is on the judges panel and she's going to turn all the celebrity judges against them. Celebrity judges including Rod Remington, Olivia Newton-John, and Josh Groban. Josh Groban appeared in a previous episode, but it doesn't really matter. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, then Will is like, but guys, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Remember Journey? We're going to sing Journey songs by Journey. So they sing songs by Journey at regionals. And then uh, Quinn find, uh, meets her mother again because her mother's like, I kick your dad out and also I love you again and I'm going to be a good mother. And Quinn is like, cool, my water broke immediately right now. So they all go to the hospital and Quinn gives <laughs> birth to the tune of Bohemian Rhapsody as sung by Vocal Adrenaline. And then the, the judges are like, damn, Vocal Adrenaline sang a baby into the world, so I guess they win now. Uh, but then it turns out that Sue was trying to make uh, New Directions win because she was offended by the fact that they dissed the school instead of just dissing the club. And so she's like, but I'd like having a rival in Will Schuster, so we will destro- spend the next year trying to destroy each other as well. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Rachel tries to convince Shelby <laughs> to be co-coaches with Will, but Shelby's like, I need to retire from singing and get a dog and a baby baby and then rachel's like oh by the way quinn just had a baby and shelby's like a baby and so then uh, shelby buys quinn's baby off of her so quinn doesn't have to worry about that and then quinn and puck are together and rachel and fair together because finn said that he loved her um then that's it time yes final time including uh having to in- including whatever hang-ups we had 19 minutes and nine seconds you know that's a little under a minute per episode what <laughs> Like, high-five me through the screen, Tanner, because that was awesome. (laughs) Okay. So, all of that is done with. Yep. So. So, so how do you feel about this season? Let's take some calming breaths first and get out of hyperspeed mode. Let me take some water. Let me take a big glass of water. Cool. Yay. Feel better? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I think you had said, how do we feel about this season? How do we feel about this season? As as far as this first season goes, you know, I don't think it's the worst foundation to build another five and a half seasons on. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good method of, you know, characters that we care about. Mm-hmm. We know who they are. Yes. Except Matt. <laughs> yeah, except Matt. And I, I feel like it does a pretty good job of setting up the... Mostly setting up the characters and stuff and giving, like, 
like I said, kind of like giving the foundation for them to build on in seasons going forward. Um, like, you know, there's inconsistencies and stuff. There's the, the tone of the show can vary widely. It definitely partially... straddles the line between parody and earnestness when it comes to their like their very, very special mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is also dependent on, like, who was in the head writer's chair for the episode. Because I think yeah. we discussed this at the beginning, that, like, oh, Ryan Murphy's episodes tend to be the ones that are more, like, tongue-in-cheek, ha-ha, look at how funny this is, yeah. kind of a thing. Yep. Whereas I think Ian's tend to be the ones that are more, like, more heartfelt and that feel more like, I don't know, Friday Night Lights or something. Mm-hmm. And then Brad is probably somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Just because I know he collaborates with Ryan more often than not. Yeah. Ryan Murphy is an influence. Yes. <laughs> um, what do you think about how they did with the music this season, Tanner? I I like the music. Um, so I personally, I like when they do more pop culture stuff. And actually, mm-hmm. I, the, I'll i probably expand more on this in the second season because it's much more noticeable in the second season. But I think I'm one of the few people that likes when they do a song just because it's trendy. I like how Glee kind of became a time capsule of the current pop culture. Mm-hmm. And it isn't, it doesn't necessarily have that vibe of the first season, which isn't a downside. Yeah. It's just doesn't hit that. It doesn't scratch that itch that I kind of have. Yeah. Um, but I do like how it has a much more broader scope of music. It's much more esoteric. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of Broadway standards that yeah. most people wouldn't necessarily know what the they Broadway were... standards are. I feel like as far as like music choices, it feels like they were trying to hit a pretty wide variety between like, you know, the classics that people are going to recognize and like maybe the hits that people don't know as much. And like you said, including the Broadway standards that lay people are not as familiar with. Mm -hmm. And then by having that kind of like melange of like song choices, they're kind of trying to expand people's horizons or something yeah. i don't know <laughs> although although i would say they don't really have any songs that make you go what it's like they, they definitely they opened up the songbook and they said okay what are songs for the theater kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's fair but they're all performed most of them are performed very well yeah i think the first season's like performers like, who they picked to perform each song. I think it kind of suffers because they, they tended to kind of pigeonhole certain songs to certain singers. Like, oh, Leah Michelle and Matthew Morrison will always get the Broadway ballads, except for Rose's turn. And, yeah. like, Amber Riley will always get the gospel songs and the wailing notes at the end. Yep. And I really hope that going forward, they kind of diversify that a bit. <laughs> Cause... I think so. I think Kurt starts getting much more Broadway stuff and Rachel goes a little bit more poppy. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. What else do you want to talk about for the wrap-up? Anything else? Any final notes as we bef- before we head into whatever we're talking about next? I think I think we're at a point where we can head into superlatives. And man, I mean, super- the superlatives are going to kind of help us talk about... The, the, um, mm-hmm. oh, la, 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 la. Let me try that part again. <laughs> the superlatives are going to help us prompt more discussion on the season anyways. So I think this is a good spot yeah. to head into them. Oh, hey, actually, I don't know if I told you this, but I was keeping rankings of the episodes. Oh, uh, sweet. As we went. Are you interested in hearing what I had ranked everything as? I, I would love to hear how the episodes rank. Okay. Um, do you want me to cut to list all of them or just like the top five, the top ten? Oh, uh, no, I want to hear everything in order. Okay. 
Uh, so in ranking from my favorite to my least favorite, uh, my favorite episode of the season was Sectionals. Number two was Journey, Journey to Regionals. Number three was The Pilot. Number four was Home. Number five was Showmance. These all make sense so far. Uh, six was Mattress. Seven was Throwdown. Eight was Roads Not Taken. Nine was The Power of Madonna. Ten was Funk. Eleven was Laryngitis. Twelve was Dream On. Thirteen was Ballad. Fourteen was Wheels. Fifteen was Theatricality. Sixteen was Vitamin D. Seventeen was Pregers. Eighteen was Bad Reputation. Nineteen was Hairography. Twenty was Mashup. Twenty-one was Acafellas. And twenty-two was Hello. These are all correct. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Probably. They're probably correct. I didn't keep my own ranking. Maybe I'll have to do that next season and then we can compare. Yeah, I think that would be fun. But I, I, I can understand your choices. Yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's interesting. Because also it's funny because I think I tried to do like a line graph of how it went and it was going way up and way down. <laughs> Although if I had kept like track of it in the sense of like, okay, was this episode better or worse than the episode it came before and after? That probably would have looked a bit different, but I don't have the Excel knowledge to do that. Yeah. I was just ranking how much I liked him in general. Yeah. Um, and it, like in my so, rankings, a lot of them were either brought up significantly or brought down significantly because of like one-off things. Like theatricality Rachel. is as low as it was because of a certain word that was said in a certain scene by a certain character. <laughs> and like that that kind of thing. Like if something happened in an episode that just really soured it for me that just that just dragged it down even if the rest of it was pretty good yeah so let's talk about the superlatives we asked our fans and listeners to submit some superlatives to address this season and these characters with um we asked Mm -hmm. on our discord and twitter we didn't get anything from twitter but we got them on uh, the discord Mm mm-hmm the Corner Podcast Network Discord, uh, yes. which if you're interested in joining, there will be links uh, somewhere on our social media pages. It's fine. I should be able to make a new link soonish. Or just message us and get the link. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. We will let you in, likely. <laughs> so this first batch of superlatives come from previous guests of the show and pinch, pinch hit editor of an episode, <laughs> Emily, <laughs> aka at mpandanata. Mm-hmm. So the first superlative... Was best gamer. Yes. I think hmm. we only saw one character play a video game this season. I don't even remember who it was. It was Finn. Although, to be fair, he was talking. He, we saw him gaming while he was saying that he wasn't very good at it. Yeah. So I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come from. I'm gonna think outside the box on this. I'm gonna say that the best gamer is Mike. Yes. Mike Chang Jr. Because he can dance, and so he's probably mm-hmm. really good at DDR. Yes, I'm, I'm good, but I, I think that's a good idea. And also because then we don't have to give it to Puck, who just decides to spout video game lore at Mercedes and Quinn. He's talking about, <laughs> talking about like, alternate dimensions and half-A presses. Hey, here's a question. Why didn't they do DDR in an episode of Glee? Probably your rights issue. They had Harry Shum Jr. They could have played like, like they could have played like Steph Step overthrow the government or something. <laughs> they 
in my season four fanfic, I had Mike come back and use Just Dance to teach another character how to dance. That's fun. I like that concept. They did the Wild Wild West. We go to the Wild Wild West. They got them some Cisco yelling. Nice. I was about to say Glee of Dawn Thong Song, but they did do Thong Song. They just didn't do it as good as Legends of Tomorrow did. <laughs> That's very true. Legends of Tomorrow has the only acceptable use of Thong Song in a visual medium. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. The next one from Emily is most likely to be late to their own graduation. Brittany. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, spoilers, but that's canonically true. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because she's so back a year. Oh, okay. I'm still standing by my answer then. Brittany, maybe Finn. Yeah. F- Finn would be late in the sense that, oh, he forgot when it was. Brittany is late in the sense that she she did get held back a year. Oh, see, I, I was going to say that Finn would be late in the sense of like, oh, I, I remembered that it was today, but I just lost track of time. Ah, shucky darn. And Brittany would be like, when is graduation? Does time exist? I thought yep. it was three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I thought our graduation was when we had a big musical number on the stage. Do I take the next one? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, our next question from Emily is, most likely to be president. What are your thoughts on this one? Quinn. I was going to say either Quinn or Matt. Yeah. It's going to be hard to put Matt into these because we don't know enough about him. I was going to say, oh, Matt Matt knows when to speak and when to be quiet, except he doesn't because they didn't give him the chance to speak. Yeah. I say Quinn because Quinn has an idea about schemes. Very true. And also she's uh, already beginning uh, Baby's first feminist plot, as I think Emily had called it. <laughs> so she's already ready to uh, she's already ready to lead the government and smash the patriarchy. Yes, Quinn, Quinn is a master of real politic. Okay, next question, or next superlative is, most likely to write a YA novel based around thinly veiled caricatures of their former classmates. I have an idea for this one. What do you think? I think my idea is obvious, so I want to hear yours. Matt. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can get behind have, that. I I would love to see, like, I know the I know the far off distant finale of Glee, both in canon and out of canon, is something about like, oh, look how famous everyone got, and I would love to see Matt just like write this this like, oh yeah, I'm gonna write the story about this character named. Phoebe, and she's so special, and she's such a brat, and oh, she was in love with this other guy, Fark, and he did, and he did this other thing real good, but he wasn't so good at the other thing, and this whole time there was this character named Ishmael. Named Ishmael, who was sitting in the background and did his part the whole time, and no one cared about him, not even the writers. <laughs> um, that makes a lot of sense. I was gonna say Kurt. Yeah. Because oh. Chris Colfer isn't Arthur, but also because of Kurt's line yeah. in the pilot, you will all work for me one day. I, I yeah. feel like this is would be Kurt's way of getting back at them. I feel like Kurt would have less plausible deniability. In his YA novel. If that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. 
Oh, you know who else would do it? Um, yeah. I feel like Rachel would also do this, but it would not be good. <laughs> no. Rachel, who, who, which one of the two between Kurt and Matt would ghostwrite Rachel's YA novel? No, no, Rachel's writing this herself. Okay. Because only she can express the true feelings of being neglected in the Glee Club. And it's absolute bullshit. Yes. It's like model land. Because you've read that and I haven't. Model land is a trip. <laughs> I believe it. Rachel wrote My Immortal. No, no, she didn't. Because then Tina would have like worshipped the ground that she walked on. Nah, uh... We know Tina read My Immortal. Tina, seen, Tina secretly rewrote My Immortal to be good. Good. I would like to see it. <laughs> they should make a My Immortal musical. Oh God, Tanner, you spoke that into the universe, and now somewhere a theater nerd just woke up in a in a in a horrible sweat. Can you imagine? We tweet at Jenna Ushkowitz and say, "Would Tina rewrite My Immortal but make it good?" <laughs> so it would already be better than Harry Potter. That's how we reboot Harry Potter. We just make the My Immortal musical. Oh jeez, put that on the list. Like seriously, I would love to talk about that. Maybe. <laughs> um. So, our next. Superlative. Those are all from Emily. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Ebony Demarcus Raisinway Banata. Our next uh, superlative is from Rem at REM Speedwagon. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rem. Uh, They are asking, most likely, to become a vampire. Tina. Okay, but does Tina count? Because Tina already is a vampire. I'm taking this in, in the thing of, like, most likely to become an actual vampire as we know them in fiction as opposed to aesthetically a vampire which tina is currently okay my my argument here is that if any of the glee if any of the characters were to stumble upon a vampire living somewhere in their college town and become transformed into a vampire themselves it would be tina yeah or like find the artifact that would transform them into a vampire it would be tina yeah that that makes sense uh, so our next superlative comes to us from our friend Jenna, who asks, most likely to succeed. And I think we have to say Rachel. <laughs> Actually, no, Santana. Santana will be most likely to succeed. Yes, I, I, I agree. I agree with both of those. I feel like most likely to succeed kind of overlaps with um, with the president. But I guess you don't have to be the president to be successful. <laughs> That, oh, that wasn't supposed to be a, a dig, but yeah, that's true. You're, yeah. Just, I'm just looking at the entire history of American presidents in general. I could, I could pick a specific one if you want me to, but I think we all know who I'm thinking about. But you don't have to be a president, a shitheaded fool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, <laughs> let's move on to the next superlative, also from Jenna, yes. which is class, cl- cl- class clown. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with Finn for this one. I'm debating that because I don't think Finn is smart enough to put together good jokes. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's fair. He's know, just the goofiest to me. I want to put Mike as this again, because I feel like Puck would be an ass about it. Good. And Artie and Kurt are both trying to keep their heads down. Finn? Finn is like assistant class clown. <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. Mike is the ideas guy. And he's like, hey, 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 Finn, what if we what if we put a whoopee cushion under this teacher's chair? And Finn's like, yeah, okay, I can do that. 
<laughs> my arms are eight feet long. I'll just reach for my seat. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Uh, our next question, or our, not next question, our next superlative comes to us from a uh, guest and friend of the show, Cassidy, at Mad Lobotanist. Uh, That's M-A-D-L-O-B-A-T-I-N-E-I-S-T. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for the spelling. <laughs> um, Cassidy asks, most likely to franchise a fast food location. Hmm. My thought here is, if we don't have to say how successful they'd be or how well they'd run it, Puck. <laughs> Puck attempts to and fails. Yes, I and plus I could see Puck And then Santana buys him out. I, I my thing was like I could see Puck being one of the bad bosses from Not Always Right after franchising like a McDonald's or something. Absolutely. I could see I could see Quinn doing that, but like as an investment, not like her main career. Would Quinn do it with a Chick-fil-A? Early season Quinn would have a Chick-fil-A. Later I like, seasons Quinn I feel Quinn like she would. Okay, so would it would start as a Chick-fil-A and she'd try and justify it. But as it got worse, I feel like by season three, she would like pull some strings so that it's no longer a Chick-fil-A, but she can keep the property. And then she like rebuilds the property as a different fast food chain. That's good. I like that idea. We have kicked Chick-fil-A out. And I don't know. What's, what's, what is the gayest fast food? Listeners... <laughs> the gayest fast food hot dogs wanky <laughs> i mean look i was trying to think of like oh what would be the most bougie thing that you could have in fast food swish la i'm assuming that's canadian so i'm gonna take your word oh fuck it. yeah i guess you guys don't have swish la swish la see i would say it's canadian olive garden except canada also has olive garden basically swish la is uh fast food masquerading as fine dining I see cheesecake on our Twitter account. Oh yeah, I think they're they're all like owned by the same parent company that does Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, Quinn opens a Cheesecake Factory. That would be interesting. I I have to look at a menu for one of these things now. It looks like it's a lot of chicken. Rotisserie chicken. Yeah. Poutines, of course. <laughs> yeah. Lots of pie. But n- none of it is worth the price, honestly. I mean, yeah, I wasn't gonna. Honestly, you know what this looks like to me, Tanner? This looks like the Canadian equivalent of, like, Applebee's or TGI Fridays. Yeah. With a smaller menu. Yeah, pretty much. Except they don't serve alcohol. Okay. I'm done. I'm done trying to Google Swiss chalet. (laughs) (laughs) The next question also comes to us from Cassidy. Not the next question. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we never did ask for questions. We should have done that. Well, maybe we can do that next season. Maybe, yeah. Our next superlative also comes to us from Cassidy, um, who asks, the theoretical Chubby Bunny champion. Do you know what Chubby Bunny is, Tanner? I'm, I'm looking it up. It's basically, it's a competition where you stuff marshmallows into your mouth, like full-size marshmallows, and you have to see how many you can fit in there and still be able to discernibly say Chubby Bunny. It's a very high school thing to do. It is a very high school thing to do. Uh, Cassidy, you should have asked this question next season. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I we have to answer this next season as well, so before before that king comes to take his throne, I'm gonna- <laughs> Chubby bunny gonna, king. <laughs> be, be, before that character makes his entrance into the Loser Like Me canon, uh, I am going to say that it is Finn simply because he likely has the largest head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he got big cheeks. Also, let's be real, he is he is the kind of kid who would probably practice. <laughs> this is true. 
I just got an idea for a fanfic. <laughs> Ch- Chubby Bunny Rivals to Lovers AU. Oh my god. Oh my god, Tanner. Uh, the last question is least likely to be slushied. Uh, and it's Matt, because they forgot he was in Glee Club. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Rip. Sorry, Matt. Mm-hmm. I like how we did all of these just picking from the students and none of them are for the teachers. <laughs> the teachers have no rights. <laughs> or from even the adult characters. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can bring the adults in for the next step, for the next section of the superlatives. Yeah. Um... All right. Well, and yeah, speaking of next section of the superlatives are ones that just you and I have come up with. Yes. These are ones that we can reuse yearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, how you, you took the Jurassic off? Park one off of here. I'm sorry, what? I said, oh, you took the Jurassic Park one off of here. It's the, fine. The which one? Under the silly random section that I had further up. Oh, wait, no, I guess I guess I took that one off of there. Oops. Yeah. I, I had one initially that was like, oh, which character is the most likely to to make Jurassic Park happen? Artie. Yeah, it's Artie. Art, Artie and Mike working yeah. in concert. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, but do you want to start us off on our other superlatives? Yeah. Uh, best dressed. We, we each could pick one for this one since we've kind of been agreeing on most of them so far. I mean, okay, no, I was going to say Kurt's the obvious choice, but no, yeah, I think Kurt is still the obvious choice. His mm-hmm. fashion hasn't gotten to, as questionable this season. Yeah, I was going to say Emma for this one. That also works. She has a consistent style, and she dresses for her age. <laughs> yep. And she's dressed in generally flattering clothing, so yeah. good job, stylist. Exactly. And in comparison, Kurt has a brooch that's just a giant jeweled transformation trinket beetle. Exactly. <laughs> Common writer Kurt. Um, best costume is the next one. I want to say it's Quinn's costume from the Bad Romance number. Ooh, that's true. That did come with its own weapon. Exactly. I agree. That one's good. Quinn. Bad romance. Morning star. <laughs> Gonna get my DM to help me homebrew that weapon. See, I seriously, I would be down for that, especially because then it'd be like, oh, it comes with light armor that you have to wear to use it, but then you get like a plus twenty to hit <laughs> <laughs> and a plus ten to intimidation checks. <laughs> Next one is best face journey. You know, we you know we say that we could use this every season, but I feel like it's either Kurt or Santana. I was gonna say Kurt or Santana every year. <laughs> yeah, there's. I know that again. I know there's some good face journeys in season two, but I think season one. I mean, season Santana's face journey in season one are the reason Naya Rivera got promoted to a regular character. So I think we actually kind of have to. I think give we it have to, to give it to Santana then. Yeah, yeah. The next one is best one-liner. Yeah. Which, I know at least one of them made my gold star. Yeah. I'm going to double check the slush list as well to see what I had for gold star moments. If any of mine were. If any of mine were quotes. The only quote that I had as a gold star was, Mr. Shu, is he your son? (laughs) Yeah, from when Jesse joins the club from Brittany. I think I might have to give it to... Can I give it to just, like, you think this is hard? Try X. That's hard. 
You, can you think of a specific one? The only one that I can think of right now is you think this is hard. Like, I'm passing a kidney stone as we speak. That's hard. Um, mine, and this is the one that I gave a gold star to uh, from episode 14, Hello, when uh, Will asks the kids how they answer the phone, and Kurt's answer is, No, she's dead. This is her son. Wait, do we want to give it to one of the... Do we want to give an honorary superlative to when you're in the Glee Club, you're all minorities? That's not a one-liner. That's a sin. (laughs) (laughs) Best nothing. Best my ass. Best point of contention. Yeah. (laughs) Best ensemble number. I gotta check which ensemble numbers... I gold starred. Yeah. I want to say Somebody to Love. That's a very good one. Although it doesn't have as many ensemble solos. Mm. No, no, I'm going to change it. It's still an ensemble number, but I'm going to say Bad Romance. No, I'm not. It's not. No, no, never mind. No, I'm going back. I'm going back to uh, to Somebody to Love. Yeah. I I think I'm going to say Bad Romance. Okay. Because Bad Romance is just so good. It is pretty good, yes. Um, but what was your best duet? Hmm. How many duets do I ha- are do we have on here even? Oh, I don't think we have any. I'm quickly checking. Dream on. That's a duet. That is a duet. The boy is mine. Does four minutes count as a duet? Yeah, it's it's sung prim- primarily by two people. It's like, sometimes an ensemble and a duet walk a fine line just because the ensemble is mostly two people and then, like, Mercedes will show up in the background and go, Hey! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Very true. Sadly, true. My my best duet is The Boy Is Mine. That's a good choice. Hmm. I think I'll go with four minutes then for mine, for the best, for the best duet. So, uh, best, wait, yeah, best solo number. Which solo Single person song is the best one, in your opinion. It's Kurt's turn. See, I'm over here. I'm like, do I do Kurt's turn? Yes. Or do I do when Mercedes sing and I am telling you? Oh, that was good too. Do do I do the song that was so good that it made me do high kicks during a recording? Or the song that was so good that it made Rachel and Leah Michelle shut up and listen to a black woman? I'm sticking with Kurt's turn. I, I think I have to give it to and I am telling you then. All right, so those those are our best songs. Now, here's a mm-hmm. question. Most liked by parents. What does that mean? See, here's the thing. That was literally, that was all the context that I found on the list of superlatives that I was, like, trying to pull from for inspiration. Okay. So I think, I think I want to go with, like, Kurt and Finn, because they are both loved very much so by... Their combined parents. This is a weird one, then. I, I, because I, I think the concept was like. Here's an award for your parents loving you. <laughs> well, we're not gonna give it to Quinn. Th- yeah, but that's <laughs> Wolf, Christina. I, I don't know if, if you want, we can reinterpret this to like, oh, the like the best, the best one to bring home to your parents. Yeah, I think that that's probably what they mean. Okay, I'll rephrase this then in our doc. Best to bring home to your, to their parents. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say Finn. I'm not projecting. I'm gonna say Matt. <laughs> You've been saying Matt writes for the past hour. Well, yes, someone has to. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna say Mike then. 
Sounds good. The good boys. The good boys who, so far, have not done anything wrong. <laughs> I don't think Mike ever does anything wrong. Good. Mike is the only Glee Club member free of sin. Good. He deserves it. He does. Someone deserves it. <laughs> okay, most valued performer. I'm gonna say Mercedes. 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 Yes. Most valued because she's the most undervalued performer. Yeah. Most improved. Just over the course of this season. Yes. I th- I think canonically it's Finn. You know, I think also Finn. Just because I feel like Finn's journey of self-improvement has gone a lot further than, like, Puck's journey of self-improvement. Yeah. And Rachel's had so many backsteps that she didn't really get very far. Yeah. Oof. Best friend. This is also Mercedes. See, I was I was gonna say either Mercedes or maybe like Brittany, or maybe Emma. I don't, I don't think there's enough con- Brittany content to say what her friendship is like in this season. And Emma doesn't really have any friendship interactions. Yeah, that's true. I kind of just want to get Emma on the board somewhere. <laughs> Emma, Emma, Emma didn't do enough. <laughs> Very true. Well, no, wait, no, I did give her best dressed, so she's that's, on the board. That's it's true. fine. She, she's Mercedes. on the fashion board. No, I think Mercedes is the best friend because in all of her friendships, she is trying her best to bring out the best in the other person. And she, because yes. she's kind to Quinn and she goes out of her way to be nice to Finn and Kurt mm-hmm. while he's there. Like, she, she apologizes for putting a window through his car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, put a window through his brick car. Even when she uh, claps back at Puck, she it has the sense of, I'm doing this for your own good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Christina, what's the cutest bromance? Cutest bromance. I feel like the only real bromance this season was Mike and Matt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what about, like... Wh- what about... Will and Henri! I w- no, I was gonna say, what about, like... Artie with the other football players, like I think Puck and Matt were carrying him out of the auditorium in that one scene. The Artie it's, and the football. It's crumbs. Artie Ball and the football it. polycule. Because <laughs> I mean, it's like, look, I'm not. What I'm not gonna say, like Will and I'm not gonna say Will and Sandy. <laughs> ah! I'm not gonna say Finn and Puck when they did punch each other at least a couple of times. Yeah. I'm not going to say Finn and Kurt, because Kurt still hasn't given up on that being a romance and not a bromance. I would say that we don't see a lot of interaction with Artie, but we also don't see a lot of interaction with Mike and Matt beyond just them being Mike and Matt together. So I'd say both of them. Yeah, I think we're both valid here. Yes. It's Artie X football team or Mike X Matt. Don't like, don't read. That sounds good. So cutest couple. Cutest romantic couple. Yes. Is. Do Brittany and Santana count yet? I I feel like they need at least one scene and not Heather Morris and Naya Rivera uh, intervening by the grace of God to create this ship. Yeah. I, I, I guess Finchel wins by default. I guess... Because all the other ones are just kind of tinged a little bit. Yes, because, like, here's the thing. is like, I was asked a couple 
I was asked about a week ago, like, oh, what's your favorite ship so far on Glee? And I was like, Finchel, when they're good and they communicate with each other? Because, like, like, yes, Will and Emma are good, but also they have a lot of issues they need to work through before I can, like, fully support them as a ship. Yeah. And I'm blaming that exclusively on the back half of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I just realized, in the, in the interest of equality, we gotta retroactively add Acutus Gal Pals. Now, again, do we put Brittany and Santana in the gal pals, since we know that they are having sex with each other? Quinn, Mercedes! Yeah, there we go. Best one-off character. Hmm. Is it Susie Pepper? Uh, I don't know. Is it Henri? I think I might give it to Henri simply because he didn't have enough to do in his one episode. He was more like a one-scene character, but you know what? Good for- I, Henri had a good voice. I will go with him. There were multiple characters that appeared multiple times in season one. I think the only one-shots were like Henri, Susie Pepper, and Brian Ryan. I think I do have to give it to Henri then. <laughs> I'm also going to give it to Henri. Congratulations, Henri! <laughs> you made the board before Will! You made the board before Will Schuster! <laughs> um, best adult character. <sighs> Bert. I was going to say Emma. I am, I am okay with both of these things. Would you like to I try think they're pretty neck and neck. Yes, I think they're pretty neck and neck. What if we just said, what if we just gave it a three-way tie to Bert, Emma, and Carol? Yeah, that, that were- Oh, cutest couple is Bert and Carol! Cutest couple is Bert and Carol! Because they have a neat cute about wearing denim and denim being in style. It's denim shipping! <laughs> yes, denim shipping! Oh, I gotta get a time machine to go back in time and tell that to the Glee Forum people. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make a new Glee Forum. Um, alright. Who's the best student character? Uh, I kind of want to say Quinn. Partially said that, then that way I don't have to give the award to Rachel. I mean, the question is, do by best do we mean best written, most interesting arc, the most morally good person? I think I am gonna give it to Quinn. Where do you, who are you going to give it to? I, th I think we have a good argument for Quinn. She has an arc. She becomes a better person at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Last superlative is best all around. I have a suggestion for this one. Is it also Quinn? No. Oh? It's Brad the piano player. <laughs> there we go. Because he's, he's not a one-off. He's not in a ship with anyone. But you know who's always there for them? Brad. You know who came with them to sectionals and regionals and got to play a shiny red piano? It's Brad. It is Brad. Brad is love. Brad is life. <laughs> I just want to take this list and just like publish it on publish it on like Twitter and just be like, these are our thoughts. This is the real glist. Yes, this is the real glist. And shoot, I think I think that's where we have to end this episode because we have cracked an hour. I think so, yeah. So. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we will work on getting there. Uh, we can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through loserlikemepod at gmail.com. And we also have our own Discord server um, where we sourced some of our superlatives for this episode. So if you are interested in talking about Loser Like Me and Glee, or uh, other shows like Not If I Reboot You First, uh, Faithful, and The Home for Wayward OCs, uh, message one of us on the show Twitters, and we can get you the invite link. Uh, so next time, 
Uh, are you ready to get a musically more phenomenal Tanner? Oh, I definitely am. I'm glad that you are, because I forgot that we were recording that one today! (laughs) We gotta go, go, record another podcast! (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I guess... Three, two, one... (laughs) And And that's that's what what you missed missed on on Glee. Glee! Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Loser like me